Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. I'm your host, Nelia Hutt. Today, I've got a very special new friend. His name is Matthew Ferry. And I'm so excited to have Matthew today. You know, he's one of those people who I think you will really appreciate listening to and learning from and um, just found out we got a, a few things in common, which is great. So thank you, Matthew, for joining us today and uh, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. And I hope that we can help people to, uh, you know, give a little bit more and experience some more health and happiness. Absolutely. So let me tell you a little bit more about Matthew, because I just want to dive right in um, to this conversation. So Matthew Ferry, he's a spiritual teacher and happiness coach, which I love that title, happiness coach, who helps people break free of negative thought patterns so that they can reduce stress and enjoy life. Like, how great is that? He is also the creator of the Rapid Enlightenment Process, the best-selling author of Quiet Mind, Epic Life, escape the status quo and experience enlightened prosperity now and the leader of the ignite mastermind group um from what i have learned from matthew before today um today we are going to be you know he believes that our opinions are a source of our sufferings along with other things and i really um today i understand he wants to speak to us about something a little bit controversial called the 30-day opinion diet so welcome matthew <laughs> well i'm excited about talking about the 30-day opinion diet uh, because even though it's tough like most diets are not easy to take on uh, when you go on a 30-day opinion diet your joy your peace your love your certainty your your fun uh, return in ways you can't even imagine. So I hope that we can really inspire some people today. Well, that's great. You know, a podcast saved me once, you know, when I wasn't ready to um, share what I was feeling and expressing things, um, I would, you know, pop in my headphones and nobody needed to know what I was listening to. So I'm hoping that that's what this episode does for somebody else. Because sometimes even when you're reading a book, I used to cover my covers because I was like, oh my goodness, if I'm reading a self-help book, people are going to think I'm broken, right? So yeah. I used to cover the, the covers, you know, being on the subway down in Toronto, and I used to do all these things. And, you know, when we're not ready, sometimes all we do, we need to do is just be a part of something and not feel like we're going through things alone. So that's why we're here. You know, if hopefully somebody will take this conversation and feel a little bit less alone in their, you know, in their uh, struggles. Yeah, and I think that uh, a loneliness itself is an aspect of your opinion about how things should be. Mm -hmm. And it turns out 
that have to, need to, must, should, uh, all of those lead to suffering. Uh, they're generally, we're holding ourselves accountable or holding other people accountable to agreements they never made, to agreements and standards that don't even exist. But the agreements and the standards that we have for ourselves uh, automatically create suffering, turn us into a victim. And being a victim is actually a phenomenal thing. It's an incredible survival <laughs> strategy. Uh, but it is a survival strategy. And anyone listening to this podcast is committed to thriving. And you can't thrive by implementing survival strategies. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So yeah, Matthew, where did this concept come from? Like, how did this all begin? Did it come from something in your life that forced you maybe to, you were looking for a solution for something or how did this come about? That's a, it's a really good question. You know, I have been on a spiritual journey my entire life. When I was nine years old, I was leaving my body for some reason. I don't even know what that was. I don't know if I was leaving my body, if I'm being really honest, but that was the experience that I was having. And I kept having these incredible feelings like all the rules are lies. Everything that somebody tells me uh, life should be this way isn't true. Uh, and um, all of the ideas about what life is are just made up. Now, when you're nine, like, what are you going to do about that? Right? You're going to, hey, mom, I had this idea. Right? Your mom would be like, what on God? What are we talking about? Uh, it took me many, many, many years to, um, to be able to assimilate those experiences. Uh, and in my 20s and in my 30s, I went to work for my father. And my father is uh, one of the top real estate sales trainers in the world. His mentor was a man named Earl Nightingale, who essentially invented the personal development industry. And Earl Nightingale's mentor was a man named uh, Napoleon Hill, who wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich, which was like the sort of the beginning of it all. And so I'm, I'm a fourth generation personal development teacher and taking myself on was really, really important because I would hear what my mentors had to say, that your mind could be quiet and you could be at peace and you could be inspired and you can, uh, you know, feel connected and oneness and love and certainty. And I'd be like, yeah, I want all of those things. And I wasn't experiencing any of them. And right. uh, I wasn't experiencing any of them, right. especially in my 20s. And it, in my 30s, I had a magical moment where my mind went completely quiet. Mm. And I was in Tibet meditating 17 days. And I had this incredible realization. And when I came home, um, it went away pretty quick. And all the and and suddenly I could see, oh wow, there's this thing that is now giving its opinion on everything. Like you suck and other people don't, and your mind is talking now, and something's wrong with you, and you're supposed to have this thing, right? So I oh, whoa, what is this? Uh, and so from my own personal experience, I was able to uh, distinguish that there was what I call a drunk monkey in my head, antagonizing, has opinions on everything, including things that it knows nothing about. It doesn't care about my well-being. It has opinions about things that, that put me in conflict and put me into strife. And by that time, I was uh, um, a pretty well-established coach. And so I, I would, on a regular basis, challenge my clients to give up their opinions for 30 days and just see what happens. And, and the transformations were miraculous. 
And finally, when I was invited to do a TED talk, I said, you know what, I should probably, and it was right in the middle of the pandemic, um, I should probably like put out this one particular idea on the 30-day opinion diet. So that's kind of the, the long way of explaining how it came about. No, thank you so much. And thanks for, you know, opening it up to not just your clients, right? Because as you saw that it was working and the more people we can get it out to, the more people we can help, right? And that's what this is all about. Like I find when you get on the other side of that struggle, all you want to do is, is, is tell people, hey, it's possible, right? So I love that, you know, because I had never heard of that before. And I'm very opinionated. I, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, we, we all are. Every one of us is opinionated. It's a phenomenal survival strategy. When I was learning a little bit about, I know I understand that there's four um, things that you help manage through that. And I know that you'll talk about that, but I was thinking, can I do this? Can I do this 30 day? Because it's so automatic. Like you don't even, it used to, I don't know. There used to be a time, I guess, maybe back in the day, long time before I was born, that maybe people only gave opinions when they were asked. But that I don't know a world like that. I don't think so. No. <laughs> I don't think so. I think okay. that um, I think if we look at our psychology, um, our psychology is mismatching the environment. So we're not in an environment where uh, we're in danger. Uh, some people are right when you go to Guatemala to to help those kids there's there's some real threats there mm -hmm. but for those of us who are listening to this podcast cruising along we're in our headphones and we want to be inspired and delighted we're not in a survival situation and yet we we are a survival mechanism our psychology is a survival process the talking in our head is a survival process about navigating a world that is potentially harmful mm. and yet we're not in a world where we're actually dealing with very many things that are going to hurt us i mean most people are going to die in the first world most people are going to die from what you eat and your stress mm. And those are two things you have a lot of control over. And it turns out that giving your opinions on a regular basis will massively increase your stress and probably cause you to eat a lot to try and not feel that way. Hmm. It's crazy. So you're proposing that people just stop for 30 days, like not just stop. Cold turkey. Like, that you'd pause, go, pause it. Go for a cold turkey. Just see what happens. Go, go for two days. Go for one day. Go for an hour. Lower the bar. So here's my suggestions are this one, stop commenting on government officials and, and what they're doing in office. It's here's the thing. If you're in a democratic country, then you cast your vote mm -hmm. and you, you said, this is what I stand for. If you're in a democratic country, you can start a movement start a petition, go do something. But to sit around pontificating on Facebook mm. and telling us that that person's wrong and this is bad and it shouldn't be this way and blah, 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 is a waste of your time and everybody else's. Exactly. That in the end, action is what will make the difference, not your hot air. Mm, and what that. you'll find is when you give up your opinions about government officials and what they're doing and how they're operating, it actually frees up so much mental real estate. 
Like all of a sudden, you've got all this extra space in there mm. to focus on the things that really matter to you. That's why I wanted to be clear because you're not saying in any way that you shouldn't have an opinion. You're not saying in any way that you shouldn't exercise your opinion, mm -hmm. right? You're just saying, I just want people to be clear because I don't want people to say, well, of course I have an opinion. I want to be heard, you know, and that's not what you're saying. That's not, you know, you're saying, well, do something about it. That's going to bring it a little bit closer to your beliefs. Right. But complaining about something and it, it's, yeah, I can see all sitting stuff. around, sitting around the dinner table, mm -hmm. arguing with your friends and family about your position as if your position is right is actually a survival strategy that you're implementing in a non-survival situation. You're having dinner with your friends and family. Mm -hmm. Opinions are the source of your suffering. Opinions are the source of conflict. They're the source of strife. They're the source of animosity. And it's okay to have an opinion, but it's incredibly debilitating to, to operate like your opinion is real or true. It's mm -hmm. not real. It's not true. It's just your preference and your point of view. And it turns out that your preference and your point of view aren't even created by you. They're shaped <laughs> by your genetics and your environment and how you were raised. And so to think that your opinions matter is really at the height of ignorance. Mm. And I know that that's hard to swallow, but when you can give your opinions up and step back, then you start to see, oh, wow, I'm wasting a tremendous amount of my time and energy, and I'm creating all of this conflict on things that don't really matter. And there are, th there are seeds of it that do matter, and those seeds I'm going to do something about. Right. But if you're not going to do something about it, complaining about it is actually just screwing up your life and probably the lives of the people around you. But most people don't tell you. They just they put up with you. Uh, and then they start to avoid you if your opinions become too obnoxious. Yeah, because I can't tell you how many weddings I've been to or how many, you know, even um, reunions and things where everybody's got so much to say. And you end up leaving and you feel stressed, like it's heavy. Because, yeah. you know, you have all these opinions of, of all of these and these sides. It, it, you know, even people living in the same home with the same experiences have different perceptions of things. Which tells you none of it is true mm. or real or even valid. Now, there might be things that have a scientific basis. And those things that are science do have a uh, presentable and replicatable consequence or benefit to them. But that's not what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. I mean, science is science is fact. We're not talking about science. We're talking about dogma and conjecture. And most people argue for dogma and, and dogma and conjecture like it's science. Mm. And that that right there is actually just diminishing your experience of life. What's happening is your mechanism for survival was inherited, and that mechanism came about with people who are like, no, this is the way it is. 
And in our, in our non-science-based groups prior to you and I, when we're like, this is the way it is, you know, we were doing the best that we could to estimate what would be the way that all of us could prosper and live a good life. And for the most part, um, you know, we had good ideas and we kind of find our way. But these days, the, that style doesn't need to exist in the, the fighting and the um, conflict creation. Mm. The more open you are to other people's ideas, the more likely it is you're going to land on ideas that are going to be really, really effective for you and everyone around you. And the more closed you are, the more likely it is that you're going to experience a lot of conflict and consternation. Things are going to get stuck and you're going to create a lot of stress for yourself. So I say give up your, your um, perspective about the government officials. Just let it go for a while. The other thing that I would uh, suggest, number two, is that you stop giving your opinion on global issues in the state of the world. You're not a, a, uh, an area expert, but we speak like we are. And no one actually cares what you think in, in these global issues unless you do something to become an authority, to become an opinion leader, to make a difference, then you have every right to stand up for the things that, that you believe in because your, your action is aligned with your words. But most of us are not. It's like, oh, the BS of that person and they're doing this and he said that and blah, blah, blah. That, that's just, you know, three-year-old schoolyard stuff. No, thank you for saying that, honestly. And it's just... You know, I'm listening to you speak and, and I'm just like, why do people want to be right? You know, why do people feel like they always have to, you know, when your mouth is talking and you're not listening, you're not learning as far as I'm concerned. And I talk a lot. This is me coming to you saying, you know, I honestly, like so I do have a lot of opinions and, and sometimes I want people to go on to my side, you know, but I'm going to think a little bit more about that because who says I'm right? Who says, just because something is important but to But let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Are you committed to peace, creativity, joy, energy, openness? Are, is that what, uh, would you like to be living that life? Absolutely. Opinions are one of the primary ways that you reduce all of those experiences. I believe it. So this conversation is not for the person who is committed to, to keeping their life the same, but let's be honest, nobody's listening to this podcast because that's what they want. There are people listening to this podcast because they want their life to improve and be better and have a, a, a better experience of life. Mm -hmm. And therefore, our listener should consider the idea of going on an opinion diet. Could you do it for an hour? Could you do it for a day? Could you do it for a week? Could you get yourself all the way to 30 days? I love that idea. Love it. I'm going to try that and let you know how it goes. Let's, let's talk about step three. Yes. So there are four steps. Step one, government officials and their, and their actions. Give up your opinion there. Step two is the, um, the world affairs and, and what's happening in the world. Come on. Give up your opinions about that. Or, or at least admit, I have a preference, right? That's a way that you can do it. It's like, my perspective is the way that I think about it is what that does is that takes responsibility for, I don't actually know if it's real or if it's true, 
but this is what I, this is how I see it. So it's not like you're wrong. You know what I mean? It's more like I'm owning that I have a pers perspective and an opinion about this and that it's not better or worse than anybody else's. It's just what, how I experience it. Number three is stop pretending like you are the authority on how life is supposed to be. Mm. Nobody signed up for your life course. Nobody is asking. We don't, you didn't write the book on here is the way that life is supposed to be and how it's supposed to operate. No, you didn't write that book. No one asked you. No one really cares. And here's the crazy thing. Everyone secretly believes that they're right about almost everything. And the reason that science exists is it turns out almost everyone is wrong about almost everything. <laughs> now I'm being brash and I'm generalizing, but you get the point. The point Absolutely. is you're not the authority, but you speak like you are. There are what? 7.6 billion people or something on the planet now. And all 7.6 billion people think that they know how the world is. But every one of them is experiencing it through their context, their biases, their filters, their personality, the limited uh, perspective from their environment and their experiences, et cetera, et cetera. So you beginning to admit this is just a preference or this is how I see it. It's not the truth. It's not real. It's just, it's what I think. And then getting in the habit of saying, what do you think? And being curious, man, curiosity will make such a huge difference in your life. And then step four is very simple. You practice accepting those things that you cannot change and you focus on the things that you can change. And what you'll find is your life gets exponentially better when you focus on what you can change and you stop bitching and moaning and complaining about the things that you can't change. There's a lot of stuff in the world you're just not gonna be able to do anything about. It's just the way that it is. Like you came in with a certain genetic propensity, therefore your body behaves in a certain way. And there's not a lot you're gonna do about it. You came in with a, a group of people who act and behave in a certain way and you're not gonna change them. They don't care. They don't care what you think. And after so you a practice. while you start, you stop here, you know, wanting to hear yourself. <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> it's a, it is a very, very powerful process to release the need for things to change mm. and to practice accepting them exactly as they are. You know, I, I remember I talked about this in my, in my TED talk and, and in um, a few articles said that I spent a lot of my lifetime thinking that my father was wrong and that I was right. Mm. And that he should change his way of operating to fit with how I saw the world. And when I practiced accepting that he sees the world because of where he grew up, who he grew up with, the environment, the, the era that he came from, 
the things that he was exposed to and that I came from a different era, had a different environment, exposed to different things, different technology, different, I mean, the whole thing, right? He, he came from the Bob Hope era. I came yes. from the Gen X era, right? And so totally different perspectives. When I finally realized that the real jerk here was me because I didn't accept him, but I wanted him to accept me. Mm. When I realized, oh, wow, I'm not accepting him, hoping he will accept me. When I realized that and I gave it up and I suddenly saw the guy was my biggest friggin' supporter. There was nobody else in my life who supported me through thick and thin more than that man. And I remember calling him up and I, I just, I think I was maybe 36 or something. And I just, I'm 54 now. And I just said, dad, have I been a jerk to you my entire life? <laughs> and without hesitation, he said, yeah, pretty hmm. much you have. And I was like, whoa. And I realized in that moment that I was actually creating my own suffering. Hmm. And I was suffering because I was taking everything that he was doing and I was putting it through my filters and making myself a victim of it. And I just dedicated myself at that time. I just said, dad, look, you've had my back my whole life. Now I got your back. I love that story. It was a really, really powerful moment. And, and you know, do my dad and I see eye to eye on things? No, almost nothing. There's almost nothing we see eye to eye on, but it doesn't matter because I practice accepting him exactly as he is. And it turns out when I accept him exactly as he is, then he just naturally accepts the things that I'm talking about. Right. No need to be perfect. It's crazy. I love that so much. I can't wait to try it. I can't wait. Honestly, um, right from the first time I heard your, you know, this idea of the 30-day opinion diet I wanted to try it so I appreciate it so much I appreciate you coming and telling us all about it fantastic My pleasure fantastic definitely want to keep in touch with you for sure do it <laughs> I want to let you know how how I made it through the 30 days you know one day at a time and then and then yeah and you can tell me about the uh <laughs> the ukulele <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yep. It's something easy to, to carry with us, right? The ukulele. So yeah, especially the little baby ones. Yes. Yes, that's true. They're a little harder to play though. Cause you got to hold them, right? You got to hold them with that, that forearm a little bit. I love it. I'm building one. I don't know if you can see it in the back. I'm not quite done. So I'm building that one. Oh, I can see it right there. The ukulele <laughs> project. Yeah. So, but awesome. where can we, where can we find out more about you? Uh, you can track me down on my website. It's just my name, matthewferry.com. Uh, I usually tell people to go download my app. It's a free app. That I, I just created. did that. Mm -hmm. Matthew Ferry is the name of the app. And inside of there, I have a bunch of uh, classes that I've done that I give people as my gift. Uh, plus I have um, uh, different kinds of meditations and things and, uh, I think the first nine chapters of my book are in there for them to, to read. Uh, they can also just track down my book, uh, which is Quiet Mind, Epic Life. 
So great. I'm so happy to have connected with you. And, you know, you taught me a lot today, so I really appreciate it. And I'm going to, yeah, I have a lot to think about how I, how I do things. And I have to now think, um, I'm going to try to catch myself and see how I actually, how, how often I do it first. So I can see how, you know, I don't know. I got to figure it out. No, that's the right move. Um, in, in the rapid enlightenment process, uh, I say that awareness makes you flexible. Mm. Flexibility reveals new options and options give you power. Very well put. That's the game. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> awareness is the game. Oh, thank you so much, Matthew. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to say <laughs> before we go? <laughs> I think that uh, I'd like to leave our listener with this idea. Just practice total and complete acceptance of yourself, of the situation, of all people that you come across. Doesn't mean you have to agree with them, but start by accepting them and watch what happens. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. It was such an honor to connect with you and, and to meet you, you know, through the screen. And uh, yeah, phenomenal. I can't wait to learn more. Rock on. Let's do it. <laughs> thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.